I really hope not. <laughs> is on there. That's terrible. That's terrible content. What is up, everyone? We are back for episode three of Canside Chats, where we get together and talk about everything going on in the world of Arsenal Football Club. If you haven't already, please be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Apple Music, and Spotify at Canside Chats. Today, we've only got two-thirds of the crew with AFC Becks out with a lingering groin injury, but today I am joined by the great at Gunner13. Q, how are we feeling today? Feeling good. Feeling good. Thank you. Yeah. Unfortunate for Beckett. Had a uh, slight tear in the, in between the legs, but hopefully it'll get that mended up and all fixed up soon and be back with us by next week. Yeah, definitely would love to have him back, but I mean, coming off the third Premier League win in a row and not having Beckett here, I think we might be set up for the best episode yet. Yeah, so maybe, maybe. We'll see. So, talking about the North London Derby, what were your initial thoughts um, on the game and just how Arsenal performed? Yeah, I thought they performed obviously very well, higher than higher than I initially thought. I believe I believe my prediction was two to one last time, um, so they get an extra goal. That's good. Um, stifled Harry Kane as well, which gives me a chub this week. I'm the one with the chub. Harry Kane doesn't score. I'm happy. Um, yeah, obviously, I don't think he can complain about much. It would have been nice to keep a clean sheet, but I mean, Son and Son and Kane going at you all game is can wear on you and. It was a good finish by Son, so I can't can't complain too much. We come away with the three points. That's all I really wanted out of that. Yeah, definitely. I think Arsenal kind of looked like they had a little bit of swagger in their step. I think they were definitely um, well hyped up for the match. Um, but yeah, I thought the back line did well dealing with the duo of Kane and Son. Um, and I, I didn't expect Ramsdale to save that by any means, but in the press conference after the game, he was pretty upset that he didn't get enough on that to to put it off net. But like I said, it was a great finish by Son. Yeah, I think most keepers, anything that they get a hand to, they expect to save, and they think they should have saved it. So to get a hand on it is unfortunate, but yeah, like I said, what are you going to do? Three points, who cares? Swipe right under the rug. And like as far as it goes defensively, I'm not even too too upset with that goal because it's kind of a broken play after the challenge on Zaka and our Zaka, and then Son just kind of drifts into the drifts into the middle, and they find him on a good ball. So not too too disappointed of that, not letting it, not getting the clean sheet, staying the defensive performance by any means. But um, yeah, what did you have to add on the game? Um, just said I. I loved how hot and ready we came out to play. Obviously, Spurs were so stagnant at the beginning, and we were able to take advantage, pounce on them early, and then we didn't we didn't let that that energy die throughout the whole entire game. Um, didn't allow them a chance to, to come back into the game. Yeah, they get one late to make it three one, but still, it's already been well put out of reach by then. And even even as it goes in, you're like, okay, that's just a consolation. They they're not coming back. Yeah. So that is what I loved. Terrible day for Spurs fans. Didn't even have a single hope throughout that whole entire game. Right. I don't 
I don't think Spurs played too well by any means, not to take away from Arsenal's performance, but that first goal in a rivalry match, I feel like is just so important. And I'm glad that we didn't kind of lay off the brakes, but rather we we kept going and pushing for more. There was a point in time where I was like, dude, let's just get a five spot on Tottenham right now and oh, let's just yeah. put it away. Oh, yeah. No. Well, speaking of which and speaking of how Spurs came out so flat, that goal is just so easy. So easy. I think Jocko wins it, plays it in Odegaard, plays it in Osaka, one little step over. And to be honest with you, I mean, it's a good cross in the sense that it's in an, into a dangerous area, and obviously Smith is there to finish, but it doesn't have a whole lot of pace on it. It just Spurs just continually dropped and dropped and dropped into their own six-yard box and just let Smith Rowe walk right to the PK spot and pass it in the back of the net. I'm not complaining. I just, as a, if I was a Spurs fan, I would be livid watching that. Right. I'm yeah. Sure like Nuno you said, it was livid as well. So, Saka's cross didn't have much base on it. And Smith Rowe's finish, it's not like yeah, he just passed it in there. Just gave it a little tappy. Tap, tap, yeah. tap a <laughs> A little happy Gilmore reference there. But um, no, one thing that stuck out to me about the game is how, how ecstatic. Arteta was after each goal. He kind of loved the uh, the Tiger Woods fist pump celebration. He was running over to his colleagues and whatnot, and he knows how big these matches are for his job and for the club. So, and just judging off everyone else's emotions and expressions, it seems like he's really starting to establish that culture he wanted to establish at the club, where you know he's got a bunch of young guys that are all happy and all want to to play for the club. So, um, yeah, I was pleased by that, but. I don't think we can look that far into it as to saying that culture is already established because, I mean, what team is not going to be hyped up to play Tottenham? Um, what I'm hoping is that you can see um, this kind of going in week in, week out, and that team still kind of builds off that momentum. And just to add on to that celebration portion, I absolutely loved the celebration after that first goal where ESR immediately after puts it in his point into the fans – Sprinting over to him. Sokka's ecstatic. He thinks he's running to him. He goes by, slaps him on the back, fouls him with the slide. Jaka's pumped. The whole entire team sprinting to Smith Rowe. You could just see how much it meant to, to the kid and just to everyone in the stands. And obviously, yes, Arteta as well. I'm surprised he could still walk today. He was sprinting <laughs> around after every single goal. So that's yeah, good for good for him, good for everyone on that. Speaking of which, I, I meant to ask earlier. What is your favorite soccer goal celebration? And maybe in to preface it, maybe in more so in like a uh, like a rivalry type game, not one that's funny and cute, you know, just pure pure excitement celebration. Pure excitement, passion. I don't know. Let me think on it. What what where are you going with this? Oh, with this, I don't. I so. You can't take away from the the ever present knee slide. That's a that's a great one, but I think I love the old running double fist pump where one arm goes up, you swing the other one straight up through the through the air. I, I, that's that's to die for. Yeah, um, that's definitely up there. But I, as far as hyped up and ecstatic goes, I love when people just run and take jumping two-footed kick to the corner flag oh yeah oh yeah that's like a game-winning goal celebration you know stoppage time on an absolute missile from 30 yards out 
You just show that corner flag who's the fucking boss. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as far as like actual celebration in games go, I think it was, was it Berbatov who just killed a stunner and then just stood there and just looked around at the entire oh, crowd? No. And Kanta. Just, Kantana. Kanta. Kanta. That's who it was. Yeah. I love that celebration as well. Kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum of celebrations. But I mean, all the. All by doing the the Henri impersonation while Andre is there is just, I mean that's just one of those things that'll make your week as well. Oh yeah, that's a that's an iconic moment recreated. I'm sure there are probably pictures floating around all over comparing the two, which was, yeah. I as soon as I saw, obviously I was pumped for the goal, but as soon as I saw him sprint towards those Tottenham fans, you just knew it was coming. You you could feel it. It's big f you to all those people who made the trip over. You love yeah. that. And uh, you, you, you'd imagine Emil Smith Rowe has been dreaming of that moment uh, time and time again as a as a Hale End product, just wanting to get that that big goal against Tottenham. So that was just awesome to see for him. Yeah, and he scored last year in the North London Derby as well, but I believe that one was at Tottenham Stadium. So not as not as exciting, obviously, with about fifty five thousand people screaming your name, getting pumped for you. So. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, where do we want to go with this? Maybe just all the goal. Yeah, I mean, moving on to the the second goal where um, Alba obviously had that nice flick on to Smith Rowe. Um, it kind of looks like a an old highlight of, of Arsenal with the Ozil flick. Um, but you just love seeing... You love seeing Alba in the build-up play and then Smithrow just kind of driving down for the cutback to Alba. So what did you think yeah. of that goal? Well, one, I think that Spurs are so soft for asking for that foul outside our box where Xhaka, I don't even know if he, if he even got Hoiberg. But, yeah, it did, that's so soft. And even the announcers, they're not getting anything up from VAR on that. Like there's not enough in it to even be considered to look at. So I thought that's soft that they're making that excuse immediately after the goal is conceded. But to your point about Alba, last year I was a, I don't want to say a, a hater, but I was skeptical of Alba's ability to, to actually play, if that makes sense, to connect. To, he didn't look himself. He almost looked like a poacher. But, I mean, that goal, he checks back. He's linking up he's playing with his back to goal it's a wondrous flick as well perfectly in smith rowe's pass and i think smith rowe is uh kind of a bit overlooked when it comes to the pace side of things who is that tanganga trying to catch him and he just flies by him. leaves him in the dust yeah leaves him gone and he doesn't tanganga doesn't have the ball to worry about he's just running um so i love that and if you watch the replay as well the way that Smith Rowe gets his head up early, finds his pass, and then just ex- perfectly executed right back to Alba, the, who kind of scuffs the shot, if we're being honest, but doesn't matter when you put it in the side netting. So, yeah, and then yeah, the celebration. Right. That, that, that just caps it all off. It was a beautiful goal, beautiful celebration, beautiful day. Yeah, that celebration was awesome with Henri and Eck in the stands. But one thing I love about having – the three underneath all of Smithrow, Odegaard, and Saka is that it allows 
Smithrow and Saka to kind of take that like passing ability off their shoulders and it really just allows them to drive at the outside backs and in between the outside back and the center back to create those opportunities where, you know, all the, all the immediately after he flicks that ball, he turns and he's sprinting to the six yard box. Um, and then just having Smithrow and Saka being able to drive and then look for those cutbacks is just something that I think will continue to be successful if we can continue to find those positions. And how, how, grateful am I after calling for cutbacks. I'm not sure if it was last episode or the episode before, but just asking why we don't get inline and cut the ball back on the ground instead of chipping it back post every time. Right. So it was nice to see, see that happen and for there to be a finish with it. So, Right. And just kind of throughout the entire game, I was so pleased with how Smith Rowe and Tierney are, are linking up on that left-hand side. And then I obviously like how that allows, um, Saka to get out on the right because I personally think he's a lot better there too and it I hate that it comes at the almost the expense of getting Pepe in the starting lineup um, but yeah I thought the those two connected very well down the left side yeah yeah it stinks to it stinks to take Pepe out your record signing and to have him on the bench but when when it all comes together like that I don't think that that leaving him off can be can be scrutinized in any way. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate, but I'm sure Pepe will get his opportunity, especially with the jock injury now. Um, might pull Smithrow maybe back more centrally. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure Pepe will, will have his opportunities coming, without a doubt. I mentioned that he's been, he's been one of our most dangerous players when he's been in in the game, um, XG wise, chances created wise. So I just, I'm just not sure that the Spurs matchup with him is necessarily the best when it's going to be a rivalry. It's going to be physical. I think that, I think that obviously Arteta got it right. Shit. We won. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't trying to say that he's, he's not going to crack into the lineup at all, but I just saying that the way that we're set up right now, it's, pretty difficult to include those four um in a singular starting lineup but yeah it almost has to come to the expense of Alba with Pepe up top right now because I don't think you can take out ESR I don't think Saka I think Saka is probably the most undroppable player I think I I can remember at Arsenal aside from maybe Henri and and Van Persie so right and then uh kind of moving on to that third goal um we should all just send Harry Kane a thank you letter for that one. Oh, um, oh, both ways. Gives us the ball and then gives us back the ball. You love that. You just love that. <laughs> it comes from him. He's obviously frustrated. I mean, who wouldn't be playing in a game like that against your rivals? You're struggling to create anything. But, yeah, he just tries to do way too much outside our box. And that's, he's not one to go and beat someone one-on-one and finish. You know, he – he tries to get too cute, falls on the ball, <laughs> tries to win the ball back, does so, but just puts it on a platter for Saka again. Yeah, that that I'm hesitant to say that's my favorite goal, but it's it's up there. It's up there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just played a part in that goal in all the wrong ways from his point of oh, view. Yeah. And, I mean, it was just glorious to see. But um, he was held pretty quiet. Him and Son were both – pretty quiet the whole game i thought that tomiyasu did did pretty well in dealing with son i only remember one shot he got in on the, other than the goal one shot he got on ramsdale um 
kind of like in line at a bad angle. Yeah, terrible uh, angle. Good shot though. Good strike. Yeah, and then Kane. Uh, Kane ripped one from deep, which Ramsdale got a nice tip on um, to kind of push it wide. It might have been going wide, regardless. But then, other than that, Harry Kane missed, put an empty or open header wise, which was kind of the only flaw I saw in our defense um, throughout the entire game. But going on Ramsdale, how about that save off the Lucas oh, Moore Lucas deflected? Moore? Oh my goodness, yeah. As soon as that came off the foot, I was, oh, that's trouble. Yeah, what a save. I didn't even think he got a hand on it at first on first uh first watch. I thought it just struck the struck the crossbar, but yeah, on the replay. My goodness, what a save. Even Tim Howard and and commentary is clapping his hands saying hats off to that guy cuz that's incredible. Right. He I mean, he's he's just forcing himself into the into the number one role it's, it's oh yeah he's not letting that thing go no it's it's, it's like, like a little baby in their blanket <laughs> it's like leno like it doesn't even matter what he does at this point it's like he's locking it in he's giving it leaving no debate for it so. oh yeah and speaking of that i saw a saw a quote today which man i just don't know why Bern leno has the feels the need to do all these interviews like with outside media all the time but He's getting in there trying to tell us, tell the world that he didn't do anything to get it, have his spot dropped. It was just coach just decided to do it and he doesn't know what's going to happen with his future and everything. I mean, man, if this guy just doesn't shut up, I'm, he's going to, we're going to have another, not, not necessarily as bad of an Ozil situation, but another situation where dude's not going to commit to us. We're going to have to freeze him out. Just say, Hey, you know, you're only going to train now. Going to sign another backup goalie and in, in, in the January transfer window. I, that attitude just seems absolutely horrendous and detrimental to the chemistry within the locker room. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I know he's attracting some some Syria interest, uh, but I also don't like him leaving in January because then that leaves us with that same scenario where your problem problem you were talking about where we're probably going to have to go out and find another backup keeper. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I don't know if he'll leave in January, maybe for free in, in the summer. That's obviously not ideal, but yeah, I think he's, I think he's too high caliber of a keeper to, to let him go on a free. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think there's any chance he's signing a, a new deal anytime soon, especially with, with Ramsdale performing the way he has been in goal. So. Right. And I, I don't, yeah, like to your point, I don't know why he, I guess he's obviously frustrated and that's probably leading him to put more publicity um, on his spot being lost. But um, like we said, Ramsdale just kind of grabbed the position by the nuts and not, not letting go of it anytime oh, soon. Yeah, so it's, no way. It's not like Leno can really be too mad at any of the Arsenal coaching staff. Like, we're not going to take a guy that has continuously gotten us clean sheets or and just gave up his first goal in the North London Derby. So, yeah, three wins in a row. It's hard to make make a change after that, especially when the players seem to be responding well to the changes too. So, yeah, everyone just seems more comfortable. Right. One thing I did want to ask you though is, how did you feel when you saw Jacques was in the starting lineup? And what were your thoughts on his play up until the injury? You know, so we talked about it on the pod last week. We were all in agreement that we kind of knew it was coming. Um, 
I wasn't I wasn't too upset. It still seemed like a positive a positive team that was ready to go and attack. So I wasn't I wasn't too fussed about it, and I thought he played surprisingly well. I mean, he I thought he looked really good. Um, defensively, put in a shift. He sprained balls. He opened. I guess as I mentioned earlier, he started that counter with a ball to Odegaard that got us the first goal. Yeah, I think I think that for as much as we rag on him for his inability to turn, his inability to move, I think that he brings a lot of heart and a lot of passion. And I think that a lot of the guys probably really, really, really like him and enjoy playing with him. So yeah, as long as, as I mentioned before, same with, with the Ramsdale situation, as long as the guys are comfortable and, you know, they, they feel like Granick's got their back on at all times, which he obviously does. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a problem with it as long as he's not turning the ball over right outside our box. So, yeah, right. Um, I know before the pod or on the last pod, I was I was talking about how I would probably prefer Zombie, but I figured Jaka would get come into the starting lineup. And like you said, I thought he had a great game defensively and kind of passing, breaking the lines along with Party. I think Party was great in his decision making, and then his passing was just on as well. Oh, so, precision! Uh, he's he's instrumental. He is an absolute unit in the midfield. I, I can't tell you how much we've missed him when he's been hurt. Right, and I just I just hope that he can stay healthy because having him in that midfield, like I mean, that allowed us to dominate the entire midfield of Spurs. Just his presence, and that is why you sign a party. And hopefully, Soundby can kind of fall into that mold with Shaka being out and being his partner. Yeah. So also, hopefully, Grant Shaka gets well soon. Um, I know we did, obviously on this pod, not a, not all of us are a huge, huge fan of him being in the lineup, but it's only as a soccer player, not as a person. So hopefully, hopefully, doing all right and gets better soon. Yeah, wishing wishing Zach a a, a speedy recovery. But I think it would be a sin to not mention how well Tomiyasu has played throughout all of his games at Arsenal and particularly in this one. I mean, his, his aerial presence, um, being able to keep Son in his pocket for the majority of the game. Like, what did you make of his performance against Spurs? Oh, yeah. Man of the match. Man of the match performance, um, which is crazy in a performance where he doesn't get a goal and an assist and he scored three. Um, you know, more than more than more goals than we've scored all season. Uh, but, yeah, it, uh, I thought he played really well. Um, yeah, I mean, I have no complaints there as well. It's nice to have a right back, a consistent right back, where we're not scratching our head thinking, is it going to be Chambers? Is it going to be Maitland-Niles? Does Maitland-Niles even want to play there? Is he even going to show up? Um, yeah, I, I mean, that consistency is going to be very, very nice. Very, very nice. Yeah, it is a, it is a great relief to where I don't have to – basically base my emotional status on the lineup mm-hmm. on solely who the right back is. Now I kind of have a certainty, you know, he's going to be there and I'm okay with that. Like you said, um, I also loved, we were talking about the culture earlier that Arteta is trying to implement. And he came out and said this past week and said that joining Arsenal was just a no brainer for him. And like, he didn't even have to d- discuss it with Arteta just because it is the Arsenal and, like I think that's kind of the player that they're looking for, players that really want to put the club um, back where it was. So that's yeah, definitely certainly. exciting to see. 
certainly. No offense to Bologna by any means, but I've actually been to a Bologna game in Italy, Syria, and I just can't imagine that atmosphere is is comparable at all. I mean, he goes from Bologna to playing in the North London Derby. I'm sure that 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 is just a culture shock within itself of how how exciting it is. And don't get me wrong, the soccer in Italy, the soccer culture, the fans are incredible, but it's just a, a whole nother level once you get into that North London Derby. So, Yeah, definitely. I mean, quite a switch. And yeah, we went to that Fiorentina game too. And I mean, the atmosphere was, atmosphere there was incredible, but I'm sure the, uh, the Emirates can get a little bit more wild at times, especially during the North London Derby. Um, Another thing I wanted to ask you is what are your, I saw a lot of things going around about how late Arteta is making changes to the lineup. Um, I mean, in this game, we, we didn't make a change till the 82nd minute and then we made another one in the 87th and then the 88th. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Because Tottenham made two of their subs at half and then one in the one again in the 70th minute. Okay. So my thoughts on that, particularly in, in this game, uh, not so much in other games, but, in this game, if it's not broken, why fix it? Why make any changes? Why unsettle that team? They're performing well. Um, yeah, so why why alter that when you don't have to? Obviously, then Spurs get a goal. I say now that you know it didn't frighten me too much, but put myself in Arteta's shoes, you think, okay, now they're about one counterattack away from really being in this. We only got about 11 minutes left. Let's uh, let's make some changes here. Just run the clock down, dead in the game, get some fresh legs on. So I think that that a lot of it comes from just you know breaking up play. Any sort of momentum they build is broken every you know two three minutes by each sub that we're making, and it's fresh legs for you know tell Maitland Isles, hey, you got about five minutes of game time, get out there and sprint your ass off, you know, right. break so things. I up. don't, yeah, I don't have, I don't have a problem with the, with the late subs by any means. Yeah. And uh, of course that helps with like, if circumstances do come up where the Jaka injury happens, because Saka is normally not one to have a sub used on himself, yeah. but um, saving those subs definitely helps you in terms of those late injuries and stuff like that. So I just wanted to see what your thoughts are because I mean, when they're making two subs at half and you don't have any, but it just kind of shows that they're, they're in the status of needing something to change in the second half. Yeah. They're the ones who need something to change. Not us. We keep playing the same. Right. I mean, so anything else you want to add on the Arsenal game or do you want to start looking ahead to uh, Brighton? Um. I don't think so. Obviously, just, yeah, a nice, nice win. It felt great after the game. I had a great Sunday. Also nice to see Henri in the stands watching with his child. That's that's really cool. Um, one one thing you him, have to mention, one thing you have to mention is how much drip Henri has on that is That is exactly what I was about to say. That jersey, I need that. Please, yeah. Terry, if you listen, uh, I'll give you my address. Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> I need that. ASAP. That jersey was nice. Yeah, definitely. And you love seeing him and uh, the Spotify owner sitting together at the North London Derby. I mean, they got quite a bit of camera time, but I mean, that speculation going around, you just you just love to hear that about the possibility of having an owner that 
really loves and kind of cherishes the club rather than sees it as more of a investment, so to speak. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to act like, like Mr. Cronkey even watched the game or even realized that Eck was there or even cared for that part. But it is cool to see the guy who wants to buy your club actually at the game as a fan, you know, with a legend. No business. Yeah. With, with probably the best Arsenal player of all time. So that is, that is something cool to see. And, and it's nice to see that if it were to happen, you know, obviously Daniel Eck is a legitimate fan and right. He and goes invested. as a fan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He has actually sentimental investment in the team. Yeah. And then one thing I will say just between the game, the result, seeing them there, like it's just great. Like it's great being able to wear my Arsenal jersey out. My yeah, Ars- with pride without being worried about being made fun of all the time. Arsenal gear out without having to put my head down or hear all the chirps from all the other, all of my other friends that are, are supporters of clubs. So it's great to kind of, I've always had the pride for Arsenal, but it's actually like something to be proud of here on a three-game win streak and things are starting to look a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, yes. All <laughs> hopefully, yes. Hopefully we can make it uh, – Add another game to the the win streak up coming against Brighton. So, um, what are your thoughts, predictions, hot takes? Anything you got going for the match against Brighton on Saturday? Um, yeah, obviously a big game. Uh, we can't jump ahead of them if we win, like we could Spurs. So that's not on the table. But obviously we can close the gap, which is crazy to think about that we have to close the gap on Brighton. <laughs> yeah, they've obviously been playing phenomenal football this year. I really like Graham Potter as a coach. I think he, he has Brighton playing really nice football. They've got the self-proclaimed best midfielder in the in the league, in Yves Basuma, who is our old old transfer target, or supposed. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a decent matchup. Um, yeah, obviously we have to at least make one change to the starting lineup due to Shaka and Shaka's injury. Uh, obviously the the most likely like for like change would be zombie. Um, but who knows? We could see Maitland Niles in, in the center of the park. We could see that more attacking lineup with party solely a defensive midfielder and Odegaard and Smith Rowe ahead and get Pepe back in the starting lineup for chance. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked for Saturday. Yeah. I mean, I think all the games can't come quick enough when, when your team's playing well. But, yeah, we got Brighton, who's sitting at six on the table with 13 points. Arsenal at 10th with nine points. Um, and Brighton's coming off the 1-1 draw to Crystal Palace. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited, looking forward to the game. But but what lineup would you go with if I you're the I think I would keep the exact same lineup from Spurs aside from part or Zombie in for, in for Xhaka. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Kind of like what you're saying, if it's not broken, don't fix it. So, um, And I have full confidence that Zombie can come in there and, and play that role. So hopefully he he continues to do that. But scoreline, prediction, goal score, anything? I think I'm going to go – I'm going to go 2 nothing to the Arsenal. And we'll go goal scores – I'm going to say Alba bags another, and I'm going to say Pepe off the bench gets one. Wow, you read my mind. 
absolutely read my mind. I was going to say 2-0 as well. Um, I think Pepe will get one off the bench, and then I think Alba, I think Alba will have an assist to probably probably Smith Rowe. I think I think he's really feeling himself. I think he's on a high. I thought possibly he was probably going to be man of the match, but the fans voted Tomiyasu. But I just think I think Smith Rowe will will play probably seventy five minutes and then with a goal and then maybe Pepe will score one um, late to kind of seal the deal in a 2-0 win. And just how the looks of it going with the back line, Ben White and Gabriel, I, I don't see Arsenal giving up a goal. I think we're going to get back on the clean sheet train um, at Brighton. So hopefully hopefully our predictions are as on the money as they were for Spurs. I also hope that, that Brighton lost a uh, nice little through ball, slightly overhit. Neil Malpe chases it. Aaron Ramsdale comes out to grab it. And instead of making the mistake that Leno made, he absolutely flattens that motherfucker. Fuck Neil Malpe. <laughs> That's a great, yeah. I mean, that was terrible. Um, I couldn't believe that. I was myself infuriated watching that, um, watching that game live. And I, yeah, he had my blood boiling. So I'm sure Leno wouldn't mind if. If Ramsdale does that, maybe gets a red, and then he gets a little chance at, at playing again. But hopefully not. I'd love to see him deck Malpai as well. Oh yes, and yeah, and Brighton's coming off a big win. They with the our big big draw with the Crystal Palace. They caught late, so hopefully we don't make the same mistake. Hopefully we can put put him to bed early like Spurs and just ride out throughout the second half. Right. It's it's kind of weird saying that like you believe in our defense and not giving up a goal and keeping a clean sheet. I just, yeah, it's crazy to think that we have to beg to score now. (laughs) Talking with you guys last year, just chit chatting about the games. I was always predicting like, we're going to tie two, two. We're going (laughs) to, we're four, four. Yeah. It was never a clean sheet. (laughs) Never a clean sheet mentioned. Yeah. It is nice to have that. Everyone. Everyone likes a good bit of defensive football, right? A little side right. tackle, a little, a little steal, a little grit to the team. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, Ramsdale, Gabriel, whoever it is, please, someone just get a nice solid lick on Neil Maltai, please. Yeah, he's got one coming for him for sure. Yeah, but then stay away from Basuma when he comes up. Just let that man walk it out. <laughs> yeah, that dude is—he is a beast. Yeah, yeah. Don't get involved with that. We'll just let that one go. Yeah, I think, well, other than that, I think we do have a weekly wanker, but I think from both Q of Q and I, it is at AFC backs. So, yes, Beckett, uh, you are the weekly wanker. I'm not sure what's more important than, than hanging out with the boys and chatting about Arsenal. So hopefully your little, uh, your little gash between your legs heals soon and you can get back on the pod. Yeah. Um, Whenever I heard the reports of Beckett having a groin injury, I just was really dumbfounded at what could have happened to Beckett and how a groin injury keeps you off the pod. But it is what it is. I think that wraps it up for tonight. Sounds good. See you guys later. Peace.